0: No, be afraid, be
1: very afraid. There is nothing to fear, exactly.
2: You're listening to a podcast exploring faith and fear, what scares us and what saves us. This is The Fear of God.
3: Hello and welcome to... The Fear of God Corporate Offices. I, I appreciate you applying for the job. You, okay, I do see you got your name tag. Good. Um, yep. And uh, uh, our co-worker for the night, Reed, he is going to be here, but he, he tends to run a little late. Uh, it's just kind of his thing. Um, but but he and I are going to be um, convening some work crews, and you get to help out uh, for, for the night, really. You, know, you get to hang out with us.
1: Oh long, all oh nine, yeah.
3: Sorry. Yeah, this is what happens when you work the night shift is you just get these songs into these earworms, you know, which is a horror story unto itself. Uh so yeah, new new person here, you're you're special. You get to be a part of each crew tonight. And if you are unsure how you ended up here, uh you just submitted your application uh wittingly or not via thefearofgodpodcast.com that's how we found you that's why you're here tonight um so feel free to to check that later for thefearofgodpodcast.com um for basically anything you want to know about what goes on in the corporate offices of the fear of god podcast after hours um speaking of things that go on in the corporate offices of fear of god after hours what do you know here he is the man himself Hello, Nathan. Welcome. Welcome. We got a, hey, welcome. Re, a, another, oh, new, another new another
2: person. Another new guy. You know, listen, everybody that comes and tries this out works out really, really well. So I'm sure you will <clears> also. <throat> uh, we have not been having, you know, best of luck anywhere. That's, listen, Nathan, I, I don't know if you are counting or not. Uh, I mean, at the moment, I'm not, but I don't know <laughs> what that might be a
1: reference to. <laughs>
2: I just walk into the room. You're like,
1: one, one,
2: two, uh, uh, but no, I I wasn't. Okay. But this is in case you weren't counting, this is our penultimate night shift.
3: Oh my God. The job's almost done. It is. It's almost done. I mean, I, you know, like that's, that's a big deal. Reed, Mm -hmm, you know, I mm -hmm. keep thinking of like the, um, I don't remember the name of it, but on severance, a little party, they do like, like that.
2: Maybe not all the other stuff. Huh? Yeah, the waffle, the waffle party. Ooh. They have the waffle party. And I then forgot they have it was the, that. I do like f- waffles. The, and they have the five-minute dance break. You know, that we're just, Yes, we just, really need to do that da, 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 da. as part
3: of the um, whatever yeah. we're going here. What, well, so, listen. so it sounds like you're saying something's planned.
2: Yeah. Oh, we I'm going to be real disappointed ma- now if there's no waffles or dancing, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are getting a major delivery today. I mean, the trucks are already on their
3: way. A yeah. major award. Okay, that... It's
2: a major award.
3: Okay, the trucks... The trucks... Okay, the, uh, that, that sounds... Tru- ominous if i'm honest i'm oh, ominous. i'm honestly it's honestly ominous
2: that's like a good I'm, band name I'm, there. I'm ominously ominous it's Ma, ominous honestly the the uh, the new children's book the the
3: honestly ominous
2: mama <laughs> 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 that's what they're bringing they're bringing boatloads of the ominously honest mama the, the mama. new author
3: the author of the honestly ominous mama is <laughs> and, showing and up in the morning yes. to do a book signing is that what you're telling me
2: Yes, that's and so it's authored, exciting it, exactly it's authored by onomatopoeia <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: the, um, honestly no. ominous mama okay so so okay. so that's mm. happening but then something no. else is happening
2: yeah oh it's gonna it sounded yes. a little like i said ominous yeah oh it's gonna be maximum overdrive i guarantee it yeah
1: mm. mm-hmm. 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 a little
2: bit of
3: that <clears throat> <clears throat> maximum overdrive so are there any this this new cat here is like wondering what <laughs> they have gotten themselves into um it's, it's okay we'll, it just you know it's okay we're glad you're here we'll, yes. yeah it'll all make sense in time <laughs> trust me um <laughs> are there any patron segments blackie i i am the doorway and i know what you need that feels like more than i was asking a uh, little little heavy on the egotism there huh
2: <laughs> yeah well uh, no 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 it's uh, you asked me what qu- you and steve are discussing beckley the stories or holt. yes yes no beckley okay because yes. yes. it would have been a you, thing if we had uh, steve holt on the show oh man steve, steve holt, holt. <laughs> <laughs> not not but today. Not today. Beckley's an incredible human too far far more he,
3: interesting a a uh, conversationalist than steve holt that's likely that's would quite be. true
2: and you guys are discussing the stories i know what you need and i am the doorway on the patron segment patron only though
3: oh okay i get it now okay oh oh
2: i see it actually now finally on the punch
3: list i get it okay yep. i see it. there it is <clears throat> on the there work is. list i know what you need i am the doorway i know what you did last summer um so i guess Oh. not that i'll one, see yes. you
2: when the trucks get here sounds good we'll see if the books that's right we'll see if stephen king can in his words scare the hell out of us we'll see what happens he is occasionally successful at that once in a while, we'll see how the newbie does. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another shift of the night shift. Your guards on duty tonight are myself, I am your co host. Reed Lackey, and with me this time around, we have a wonderful collection of Foggers, friends of the show. Um, I'm going to start right up with the man whose mas- mustache never ever quits. Um, he is one of the songsters that you hear from time to time on the show. Our good friend and repeat guest Jackson Harper. Jackson, how you doing, my man?
0: Howdy, y'all. Good. <laughs> Glad to be well- back. It's been a while since I've been on this show.
2: It has felt like a minute. It's been it's been too yeah. long. It's been too long. But listen. But wait. There's more because we also have <laughs> not only Jackson Harper, but we also have one of our uh, friends from another country, uh, one of our resident Canadians, and our Fog legal counsel, Dave Courtney's here with us. Hey, Dave, how you doing, man?
4: Hello, hello. It's also been a while.
2: It has been a while. I know. Boy, we really got to get on this. We've had, you know people <laughs> we haven't talked to in far too long. Uh, Bull, But listen. If you were already excited that Jackson's here, and then if you got even more excited than Dave is here, <laughs> oh, you better sit down because with us right now is not only Jackson and Dave and myself, but we are also uh, blessed by the presence of the horror enneagramarian and quarterly queen herself, Asia Swartzentruber. Asia, how you doing?
5: Oh my goodness! I th- th- thank you. I feel so, I'm so happy now. Thank you. I'm great. I'm doing great. How could I not be after that intro?
2: <laughs> well, we're going to have a lot of fun because I feel like this content kind of welcomes a lot of fun. We're going to dive right in. We are talking in this particular segment about the short story from Night Shift called Rux. Now, I don't know everybody's history with the collection uh, Night Shift or with the individual stories, I'm going to go around in uh, introduction order and say, like, Jackson, had you read Trucks before at all? And oh, I should say before you answer, I apologize, uh, we are also going to be talking about the adaptation that was from uh, the mid-80s that is the still only film that Stephen King himself has directed, and that is none other than Maximum Overdrive. So this meeting, uh, this little segment will cover Trucks and Maximum Overdrive. Jackson, had you seen any of these? Had you read the story? What's what's your history with it?
0: No. So I love Stephen King. I've loved him since high school, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm one of those people like I've never gotten into his short stories. Oh, I've okay. only read novels and his nonfiction. Oh, got it. So okay. yep. like his short stories are one of those things like I hear about them and I've seen some adaptations in movies of them. Sure. But I've never I, I think I think this might be the well, no gray matter which i will also be on that segment. yes <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. but i read that one first but i think this was the first time i'd ever read his short stories not including the the little interconnected short stories there are in hearts in atlantis oh gotcha right because right. i right. still view that as more of a novel because it's so interconnected mm-hmm. with each other but anyway yeah. so yeah I i i'm coming into this Uh, Clean as a baby.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And you had also never seen the film before either, right? You told me before you started recording.
0: Just that wonderful, wonderful trailer many times. (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: indeed oh my gosh if people do not know what that trailer is it is uh it is bananas it is basically stephen king trying to pitch himself as the uh as the brain trust for everything maximum overdrive and he says oh and
0: he's like i'm gonna scare the hell out of you exactly with that like
2: like nasally main accent it's so glorious it's just wonderful it's a it's a hilarious trailer um Dave, had you read this story before? Have you read this collection? Had you seen this film before? What was your history?
4: I had not. I had never heard of the film. So oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, and actually, um, like the book, I also didn't know the book existed, but mm. um, I also had a hard time tracking it down. I don't know what if it's really? been, um, like, is it? I don't know how old the book is um but
2: the um, um, night shift you mean like the it's from 78 1978 yeah
4: mm-hmm. yeah 1978 okay that that's probably why <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to find it somewhere and i just could not track it down so but i eventually did um, oh nice cool and uh, so yeah i just been kind of engaging the, the short stories for the first time as well
2: Oh, cool, All right, all right, cool. well, we're gonna have uh uh takes hot or cold or diesel fueled uh, in a second, but Asia had you read trucks before? had you seen maximum overdrive before, or was this completely fresh?
5: yeah, this was my this was my initial baptism into the <laughs> this <laughs> crazy, crazy story um it was it was very much a situation of like hey, we're all gonna we're gonna cover these stories. Sure, okay, right. tell me which one to read and i'll do it and um <laughs> yep. uh this one was uh i i found the whole thing quite delightful so i <laughs> so i really enjoyed both uh, uh f- a book uh and film adaptations of this that's one awesome.
2: so no, that's awesome so that's good so so you would deem it as delightful i of course had read night shift before and um i knew about trucks but I was more familiar with Maximum Overdrive. I believe I had seen Maximum Overdrive before I ever read the Night Shift collection. And I can't remember if it had come on TV at some point. And I was just like, oh, man, I just remember that big clown-faced car up at the front. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what's wild is I, my memory coming into this conversation was that I really enjoyed the short story. And that the movie was kind of a mess that I didn't like very much. This time around, that has flipped a little bit. I don't consider the short mm-hmm. story a mess, but I was significantly fonder of watching Maximum Overdrive than I expected to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was literally thought it was the thing I was going to have to endure. And I, I just found myself like, I laughed a lot. <laughs> I thought there was some visual like flair. To the to the film that I didn't quite remember. And so I was like, wow, I just I remembered this being utterly skippable and utterly dismissible. And I'm I'm really having a lot of fun with it. I don't know exactly what that's all about. Um, And it's not as if the short story was a, you know, a complete mess. But uh, my affection for watching Maximum Overdrive meant that when I revisited the story, I was like, oh, that's a lot more direct. That's a lot more like to the point and it's not necessarily got as much interesting things to talk about. Uh, what was everybody else's experience? I'm going to go in reverse order. Asia, what was your experience watching these, your, your take on them?
5: Um yeah. So this being my first experience with both, I, I think especially after coming off of, because I read graveyard shift first mm-hmm. and I, I just really I really enjoyed reading it. I yeah, was yeah. sucked in, way more easily than i was with graveyard shift i i had fun reading it again it's got a it's got a different tone and it certainly ends up in different places than the movie
1: mm-hmm.
5: and then watching the film i i just had a good time yes. i you know i wouldn't call it high art high cinema <laughs> no, There no. there's definitely a lot that's wrong with it but it didn't take away from the enjoyment of the film and it's antics and like some, some really, really bad performances, but also some really <laughs> good. I thought good performances that I, yeah. yeah, I would definitely watch it again, like with some junk food and oh
2: my gosh. hang yeah. out.
5: Yeah. This it, yeah. It, it, it's a good time.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Dave, uh, you, you had never encountered these before. What did you think of the film and did you enjoy the story?
4: Uh, I kind of map onto your initial uh, reaction. I, <laughs> I started with the film actually, which is odd for me. Cause usually I, I read um, if I'm watching a movie and there's a book I either need to read or want to read, sure, I'll read the sure. book first. And I watched the movie first and I was like, what is this? Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't even quite understand what's going on in this uh, picture. And then I got to the uh, short story and I'm like, oh, okay, so now I get, it. I actually really enjoyed the short story mm-hmm. and it kind of like narrows in and I can see what the, um, you know, what he was going for in terms of um, the specific focus. It's much more honed in and dialed in as far as what he's trying to do. Whereas the movie is just like <laughs> all over the place. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, exactly. Exactly. And Jackson, uh, you watched this movie. If, if memory serves, you said you watched it twice.
0: I watched it yesterday and then again today.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: Sandwich the short story in between. I had okay. actually I'd started the short story before mm-hmm. and I got distracted. So last night I went back to it, started over from the beginning. And of course, okay. it's not a very long story. Sure. Uh, sure. I actually found the short story to be a bit of a slog considering how short it is wow yeah i don't know i think it's because i think it's because you know with a lot of stephen king stuff he has like some build-up to Mm -hmm. the main action in this one he just drops you right into the middle
2: absolutely yeah
0: like you have no context for what's going on i don't know who any of the characters are i don't really get much of a sense of them Mm -hmm. in the over the course of the story they're just kind of People in the situation, but they don't have right. like much personality on their own, and that's what I love about Stephen King. So, um, yeah, in this case, I just story didn't do much for me. The movie, though, <laughs> the movie, the movie is just just upside down world bananas. It's so oh, uh, it really is. It's it's so I. It's baffling. It's baffling. (laughs) You've got like ACDC music. That's the only music in the movie. Oh, yeah. They scored uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. And you (laughs) know what? People like they have a reputation because they have the word hell in some of their song titles and stuff, but they are not a scary band. (laughs) (laughs) Their music (laughs) is like dance party rock oh
2: yeah if you've ever seen them in concert they're wearing those like british hats and they're just like
0: just like dancing all up and down (laughs) oh my god yeah it's 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 funny yeah the movie is 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 bug nuts fun (laughs) sorry i could take it or leave it i feel like it's very weak stephen king Sure. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. So I'm except for, well, we might get into this later, but except for the closing passage of the story, that was the one part where I felt like, oh, there's a Stevie.
2: Yeah, yeah, I get that, especially (laughs) where because of how brief the story is, he finally gives a window into the broader context Mm -hmm. of what the of what must be going on along the world, which, of course, it's only the imagination of our narrator in that point. Um, mm-hmm. worth noting for anybody who is listening to this and still doesn't know what, what what's happening, in the short story itself, and I'm going to separate the short story in the film. In the short story itself, as Jackson mentioned, like you're just sort of dropped in, and these people who have holed up at this gas station are being accosted and directly attacked by a a collection of trucks, and there seem to be no drivers in the trucks, and uh the trucks are attacking, and then Oddly, the trucks begin to communicate through Morse code that that was interesting. Um, And so then uh, and then by the end, what the what they want to do is the trucks are communicating through Morse code to the people saying, you need to fuel us up. We cannot fuel ourselves. You need to fuel us up. And then nobody will be harmed if you're fueling us up. And then, you know, when they don't do that, then the trucks try to attack again. Um, And then the story ends with the window that there's just this big, long line of trucks that go on ad infinitum with people just perpetually fueling them. Um, And that will be presumably humanity's fate
1: (laughs) is to forever fuel
2: these vehicles. Now, the film adds some, I don't know if layers is the appropriate word for it, but it definitely (laughs) adds some stuff. It it throws some spices into it. because what it does is the the film first of all starts by saying, "Hey, this is apparently the work of some funky comet somewhere." Like, yeah. uh, you know, apparently, this is a celestial distortion that's causing. But it's not just the trucks. And this I found this this is one of the things I enjoy about the film. It's not just the trucks in the movie. It's machinery. It's all it's machinery. all of it. Yeah, so, uh, electric- anything electric. Exactly. Electric yeah. knives, vending machines, just all, all of this stuff. Just oh, the to, oh, my God, the vending machines. <laughs> and so like it all begins to go haywire and uh, <laughs> including uh, Stephen King's cameo in the film, which kind of opens <laughs> us up. <laughs> he's trying to withdraw money and he's like and then suddenly he's, he has to call back to his wife. So this machine just called me an asshole. like it's just like throwing up this text on the screen um so the the movie has a kind of a a silliness to it but the plot differences in the movie is that this comet is what's changing it much of the beats i just described with the story still happen for the movie with a a little bit more i don't know if you should call it richer but more characterization the characters are more distinct and have different motivations and um and then by the end they actually have a kind of a war with these trucks and manage to escape to presumably, you know, go by boat to some island where there aren't machines. I don't know if islands like that still exist or even did in 86, but they're going to go to some island where there's no machines anymore and sort of wait it out. And then the film puts a nice little neat button on the end saying, you know, yep, so they did it. And, you know, eventually. They shot down some satellite that was causing all the problems and everybody who survived are still survivors. So slow clap <laughs> while while yeah. ACDC's you shook me all night long <laughs> is playing over the
0: <laughs> Yes. <That> is- <laughs> so like um, I danced to that song at my prom and now I'm oh the- ending of this apocalyptic story.
2: <laughs> oh my god. So um so before we get into that ain't right which we will do eminently there's there's a ton of little uh like trivial bits that I wanted to kind of throw in on this one specifically. Um this is set in Wilmington, North Carolina. I'm from North Carolina and uh Wilmington is an area that I knew well. Uh the tr- the short story is in a relatively nameless location. Um but the film is specifically set in North Carolina. They reference it multiple times. Any Breaking Bad fans in the house? Anybody who like Breaking Bad? Okay. Yeah. Did you catch old Gus Fring in the film? Oh, oh
1: yes. Yeah. Yes.
5: I freaked out. <laughs> oh, I was absolutely. like, Oh my gosh. It's little tiny baby Giancarlo.
2: Oh, I was God. so shocked. It's so great. When his first line in there was like, your mama. <laughs>
1: <I was> <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> wow, man. Oh, that was so fun. But then, um, I don't know if anybody else would have known this person by face and her voice doesn't specifically invoke this as much this time around, but, um, the uh the bride of curtis i should have written her name down but i wrote the actor's name down Smith. Of, that's exactly right the voice of yeah. lisa simpson so um which is oh, pretty gosh. awesome yes is it connie. is the most <laughs> annoying
0: character in the movie
4: <laughs> it
0: connie, isn't
2: it is it yeah yes it's connie but yes that is the voice of uh lisa simpson uh, she
5: as, as adorable as she could be at moments if anything could have single handedly attempted to ruin this movie for me, it would have been listening <laughs> to her
0: scream. Just, oh, like in this whole movie. Just like.
1: <sighs> what's her, what's her yes.
0: husband's name? Is it like Alan or Kurt. something like that? Curtis. 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 That's right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, to, yeah. and we know Curtis. it because she says it incessantly.
0: She time. yells it at me. But him. yet I forgot it because I was trying to block it from
2: my mind.
4: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Yeah. Um, the last little thing oh, that boy. I'll mention, and then we can maybe go into into that ain't right, is, um, so yeah, we mentioned that the soundtrack is ACDC. I mean, obviously, Stephen King is a very big rock and roll fan, like old school rock and roll fan. He is a guitarist in a rock band that is made up of some other uh, writers. He's talked about that extensively, uh, including Dave Barry and Amy Tan and a couple of other folks. And so um, he uh, loves rock and roll. He got ACDC to do this, and then they released their album called... ACDC's album called Who Made Who was essentially released mm. as the maximum Overdrive soundtrack. They were like, yeah, this is fun. all the music. Yeah. They were like, this yeah. is all the music you heard in there, which includes actually two of their biggest hits. I mean, Who Made Who is a hit for them, but Hell's Bells and You Shook Me All Night Long are big oh, hits yeah. for ACDC.
0: And they're both from this movie, which is kind of cool. Um, so uh, yeah. Oh, we can- well, one thing about uh, Stephen King and ACDC I tried yeah. to find a citation for this quote, but it's my favorite quote ever about rock and roll. Oh, okay. Uh, but I couldn't find a citation for it, so maybe it's not real. But somebody, because uh, that's you know that's Stephen King's favorite band. And yeah. somebody asked him once, they was like, why do you love them so much? All their songs sound the same. And he just goes, what's your point?
1: <laughs> <laughs> God,
0: I love it.
2: If that's not real, it should be, because that yeah. is rock and roll. <laughs> in a nutshell <laughs> that is I'm like so <laughs> like, April, yeah. don't fix it oh my gosh so um well, well why don't we get into this we'll keep we'll keep it kind of uh didactic but a little bonkers and bananas um and uh let's go to the part of the show where we talk about things that aren't just wrong but might be said that ain't right <laughs> Sure as hell, ain't right. All right, so there's a lot in this movie, so we'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll only do one round. Maybe we'll do two. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let ladies go first. Asia, you are. Uh, what would be if you had to pick the one? What's, what's your one that ain't right?
5: Yeah, you, you realize pretty quickly in this movie that like everything is possible and anything is up for grabs. <laughs> so you don't know like what your eyes are about to be assaulted with. Um, I think I think the one that stood out to me the most, though, is and actually kind of shocked me a little bit when it happened mm. uh, was this film's very own resident baseball boy. Um, oh making a reference to another Stephen King work. But, mm-hmm. yeah, just this I don't know, some like middle school age kid just getting full on plowed over by what oh is it, a cement wheel. I don't know what you yeah, call it. Steam yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, steamroller. Yeah. Just like squashes him and we see
5: yeah. it yeah <laughs> like, it's yeah that Again, a- anything else? You kind of you realize, okay, I can. Ment- I'm gonna mentally prepare for any amount of gnarliness. And for some reason, my brain just goes, "Child off the table." Nope, child yep. under the vehicle.
2: Okay. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh, so true. Oh, oh my gosh that that I I wrote that that was on my possibles list as well because it's just so jarring. First of all, the poor kid can't ride a bike. He like he does the biggest <laughs> flip yeah. hand like over the hand, oh.
0: <laughs> the flip. It made I was me laugh like, so hard.
2: <laughs> I was like, wow, what in the world? But then, of course, he just has to stand there as, or like, lay there yeah. under, <laughs> and he's somehow trapped under this bike. But the bike is like it's just a 10 speed bike. Like it's, yeah. it's not a motorcycle or anything. I, his I don't know
5: what was caught in between the,
1: Oh, like in the, the chain section. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. Yeah. But I was just, I, that threw me for a second. I was like, man, he is just laying there letting this thing happen. <laughs> and I was like, Oh man, poor, poor guy. Meanwhile, the other baseball kid is just watching it all. I, yeah. I love, he yeah. is all of us as he's riding through the street. It's just <laughs> <Yes>. like, what, <laughs> Like, what is this thing? Um, but lest I steal uh, another, that ain't right, uh, Dave. What what would be on your list?
4: Well, uh, as I was thinking about this question, looking uh, looking over the movie, I'm like, I spent most of the movie thinking, why doesn't that person just step out of the way? Of the truck? <laughs> uh, I don't under, or I don't understand how these kids are laying in the field after getting hit with a pop can kind of thing. Like I'm trying to make <laughs> sense of of how all this carnage is happening, but, but I, I, I actually went to the book, so I got one from the book. Oh, cool. Yes. Just because this is a massive phobia of mine Mm. and it usually um, connects when I'm watching it on film, but it connected with me reading the book. Um, And that's the uh, line where it says uh, uh, they're worried about, um, being stuck there after the power goes out mm. and they need some water and they, still go, they They say fill every empty jug you've got fill them up until you can't draw anything um, and then it says or then one of them the characters asks where are the toilets there's good water in those tanks <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a serious phobia of any public I have a serious phobia of public washrooms but mm, Any kind uh, of scene in a movie that takes place in a public washroom, heads going in urinals,
0: anything going in
4: toilets, <laughs> like, I just, I uh, like, seriously, nothing gets me unra- like, rattled more than something oh. like that. So this visual, just the fact I'm like just let the trucks take me right Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going there.
2: <laughs> I think I would, uh, I think I would thirst to death. I mean, like, honestly, like, I mean, you never, you never know fully like what you're capable of or what depths you will go to, but I have thought this before where I've just like, Oh yeah. Pr- people talk about all the time. Like the, yeah, the water that comes in through like to the top of the tank is clean. I'm like, no, it's not. I don't, I don't care what you, you could, you could show it to me. You could, put like a pH meter down in the middle of that thing and say like look this is spring water from the mountains of you know Norway I'm like no it is not <laughs> I know where that's been I know where it's going no thank you I'm thirsting today that is that is me entirely so I'm with you Dave I am completely completely with you uh Jackson what would what would make your list
0: I I'm going to go a little bit more conceptual on this one okay uh cool. The entirety of Pat Hingle's character in the movie, <laughs> <laughs> the, the owner of the gas oh, station. My, oh, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes. He's O.G. Commissioner thing, Jordan. He's, yes, he. Yeah, Commissioner Gordon from the yeah. from the old Batman movies. But yeah, Me? he's for one, he's just the meanest person alive. Mm-hmm. He has no redeeming qualities. For two, he he has enough armaments to supply a militia. In the basement of his truck stop. He's got bazookas and machine guns and who knows what else down there that we didn't even see. So, my Lord. Something about, for one thing, when anybody that's, I'm in the service industry, so anybody Mm -hmm. that's mean to their employees in the service industry, they're Mm. already, like, they're on my list. Yeah. You know, I've got Mm -hmm. no sympathy for these people. (laughs) <laughs> but when you find out what he's actually doing, and he's basically this small town arms dealer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's another layer. That's another layer.
2: <laughs> Speaking of layers. So. <laughs> oh, no, I I totally I totally am with you. I have. So I'm trying to debate between two uh, that, that I would like to share. Uh, I don't want to 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 hog it or over, but there are two that they are fairly equivalent in my mind. So I'm going to throw these two out there. And then after that, if anybody else, you know, we won't necessarily call on everybody individually, but if anybody has anybody else throw in your that ain't rights after this as well. So uh, I'm going to give the the slightly lesser one first. You mentioned earlier, the baseball kid getting steamrolled over. Well, right before that, listen, I'm a soda drinker. Okay. You have been (laughs) With me on this show where I have had Mountain Dew and Dr. Pepper. I got Dr. Pepper right now. Like Dr. Pepper right now is, is here and what I'm enjoying while we're having this conversation. That coach just wanted a soda. That's all he wanted. All, all he wanted was a soda. And there's such a glorious anticipation to walking up and be like, Ooh, I'm at a vending machine. I'm about to get, about to get a soda. And instead, <laughs> this man gets not one, but two hard propulsive <laughs> aluminum cans full of liquid right to his nethers. And he is like, and then like when he is bowed, that that was the worst part about it. It's like, it wouldn't have made my, that ain't right list. If it was just the one, cause I'd be like, Oh, that's painful, <laughs> but it does it again. The machine is like, uh-uh, no, screw you. Bam. And it like, it throws another one at him. And then it hits him in the head so hard that the can like indents into his forehead yeah. and, now i'm like oh lord me me and my affection for soda and my <laughs> my you know gleeful joy at getting a fresh soda from a, a vending machine just it was all kinds of, of uh stomped upon in that but my number one that ain't right y'all y'all listen here's the thing there are some uh... jacked up things in this movie that presumably spectral celestial comet magic does to all of these machines right But the most that ain't right thing in this movie is something that just two human beings do to one another, completely not involving the truck, and that is when freaking Billy will not leave Joey alone and let him do his business in the bathroom in private. He's not going to having his entire conversation. Joey is right there, and it is clear, y'all. It is clear he is working on something oh, yeah. painful <laughs> and and billy will not catch the hint and joey is sitting in there and and of course stephen king being the auteur filmmaker that he is takes us inside the <laughs> stall lets us see joey's face lets us hear way more than i ever wanted to hear yeah. from any of that conversation and then billy will not catch the hint he will not leave he's still trying to get the information i'm like can you give the man five minutes like my god just give him five minutes for the love of god that ain't right that ain't right like i'm well really then he with he
1: pokes
0: going. his head like over the top of the yes. oh and, like, my god looks down in there what it's, <laughs> it's the worst
2: like i know you know uh, automated <laughs> trucks are like out to kill you right now but d- five minutes please for the love of god five minutes because it's just it just <laughs> wasn't it it just ain't right. Like it just ain't yeah. right. Like I just I've never. I what's really what's really kind of uh, funny is that like when you reach adulthood, there's this you know sort of agreed upon contract. Like we're all in the bathroom. We're going to try not to make eye contact. Let alone verbalize <laughs> to one another unless we're washing our hands at the sink. That's the most that's going to happen. So it was very much like seeing that scene. I was like, this I I don't care what's going on. I really don't care what's going on. Like there's nothing worth this conversation. Okay. There's nothing worth it. You know, you could be like, the trucks are breaking in there. Be like, okay, well then they've got me. (laughs) Like because because this is a priority right now. Anyway, that's that was my number one. That ain't right. I just couldn't tolerate it. Anybody got anything else that they want to throw into the pile before we exit the segment? I've got just
0: a little one. Like just one brief shot. Where, um, the kid, what's his name? It's, uh, I can't. Oh God. What is the kid's name? It starts with a uh, J I think.
5: But WTF boy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> basically. Anyway. Yes. Basically. When he's riding his bike down the street and just seeing all the dead bodies around him, there's one shot of a dead dog with a toy cop car in its mouth. Oh And the dog's God, bleeding out the side of its mouth. Yes.
2: And I'm oh, like, did, yeah.
0: the, did the toy car kill the dog?
2: Oh my god, that it's was that was jacked that up.
0: Did.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that was jacked up, and they like went down together. Apparently, because like, yeah, yeah, that dog chomped down on there, but his mouth is so bloody. I just like, oh yeah, that one's that,
1: that one's jacked up. One
2: yeah. No, that <laughs> one's pretty jacked up. Asia, Dave, anything? We good to exit the segment? Nope. All right, all right. So that has been the part of the show where we talk about things that aren't just wrong, but ladies and gentlemen, that ain't right. <laughs> Sure as hell ain't right. Oh, man. Um, so what, what's, what's kind of sad, I don't... I, it, it, it's interesting. Like There's so much comedic about the movie that I don't want to be insensitively relaying of this next piece of information. But this film was made in presumably part of the height of Stephen King's drug addiction. And so like he was, through the production of this film he was by his words coked out of his head for the entire time that he was doing had no idea what he was doing and it's funny because some of the other members of the production said well we didn't we didn't see him doing any hard drugs but it would be like you know 6am and he's already drinking like it was it was mm-hmm. early we're starting pre-production he's already and they said like by 10am he's had like like a dozen beers uh so it was it was yeah. very much like that was very present and available. Now, I love Stephen King. I've loved him for all my life. They said that despite all of that, uh they said that he still tried in his way to go out of his way to make it like a fun and pleasant production. Like he 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 would host screenings, he would like uh rent out a theater and host screenings of some of his favorite films including Night of the Living Dead and Godzilla. And then we get a bunch of free refreshments for the crew and the cast and everything, just an opportunity for them to take a break. And come watch a movie, and then he would watch it with him, and then would share like commentary and factoids that he had and everything. So he's so, despite all of those, you know, very real, very you know, understandably sensitive uh, uh, challenges that he was facing in his personal life, sounds like he's just still just kind of a good guy who just wants to, you know mm-hmm. was just trying to have some fun, was just trying to make a movie, and and it's weird because the tone of the film is so comedic in so many places Mm -hmm. it makes me wonder how much of that is intentional this film can be viewed because this is the way i did it this time like this film can be viewed as just an absurdist comedy and i actually think it works better as that than it ever does as a thriller um just as something that's like wow these are just these are just bananas characters there's that one i don't even know the character's name but do y'all remember that scene where a guy burst through the doors so much that he smashes the window and he's just like
1: what yeah. the F, like, <laughs> I got."
2: like what is this guy and yeah. where has he been yeah you know oh man uh so but that's that's I think getting back to Asia I think you made this point or Jackson maybe you did of just like I I had way more fun watching this than I ever suspected that I would when I went back into this. I was like yeah I know it's like a big you know it's a big thing. It's Stephen King's only directorial film but I'll just, you know, fine. I'll just, I literally, I cracked open a seltzer. I was like, I'm going to need some support like, as i I'm watching <laughs> this thing. And, um, and then, yeah, it was, it was really fun. I had a good time mm-hmm. with it. Um, mm-hmm. It is not the story or the film is not terribly complex, but Jackson, you reference that final page of the short story. And mm-hmm. yeah. there is a certain sort of undertone. This is not the only film. Looking at you, Matrix franchise. This is not the only film or the Terminator franchise that uh, poses in science fiction or fantastical ways. Like, what have we done to ourselves with our machines? You know, like what what have we done slash are we doing to ourselves now? This movie's fun. This movie's silly, but I think about that. I've, if if I'm just being real, like I think mm-hmm. about that a mm-hmm. lot. Individually speaking, I don't necessarily engage it the way that I should culturally speaking. But individually speaking, I think about the, you know, what would I do without this little phone that I've got and everything that it provides for me, does for me, uh, you know, sucks up my time, sucks up my energy, my attention. Um, But not only just the phone, but also all of the myriad of different things that I have, you know, just become at home with. That are electronic devices, whether it be the microwave to cook my food or the TV or, um, or my car, you know, like any anything that uh, has now like I can't imagine life without this thing. And I do wonder, uh, A, how I would survive when the apocalypse hits and it all goes away, um, but also B, like, it's hard for me to imagine what it was like before I had these things. I lived in times where I did not have a cell phone, but I can no longer visually imagine what it was like for me to not have this cell phone and not being cloy, I, I find that a little scary that it's like, mm-hmm. it has changed me so much that I cannot recall the time where I did not have it. And that is uh that's wild. That's wild to think about. I don't know if that's something that bothers any of you or if that's, I mean, like, oh, yeah what, what is our relate? I mean, uh, Asia, I'll, I'll punt to you for like, what is our relationship with with our machines and our electronics and like, yeah, what? Uh, how do we, how do we untangle ourselves from it? I don't know. That, well, yeah.
5: I I, what- I think one of the questions that what you just said makes me think of, and this is something I mull over a lot, is the fact that I feel like I do remember a good amount of like a lot of time when I didn't have you know, constant arms reach access to the internet or instantaneous, you know, all of these different things, social media. Mm -hmm. But I do very vividly remember being happier without it. And yet I still find myself totally, not all the time, but 80 to 90% of the time, unwilling to entertain the notion of, going off grid or for any longer than small amounts of time, even though I do recall being so much happier, more present feeling more human without, you know, Mm. my third arm as it will, as it were. Um, And (sighs) yeah, yeah, that it makes, it makes me, this type of thing makes me think of that when it's, when they get on the boat at the end to Mm. kind of sail off to wherever it is they end up going yeah the relief that you as an audience feel Mm -hmm. i feel like for me has been a little bit not obviously they're in an apocalyptic situation but i Mm -hmm. i can think of the few times in my life when i've ever committed to long stretches of time without going without a certain um phone related yeah um niceties and even then genuinely being happier and all and always always coming back to it always coming back
2: to it wow that is fascinating have you ever have any of you ever been because i don't know your social media presence writ large but have you ever been in that thing where it's like like you're describing like something is just denied from you because like the app crashes or like well i can't do that thing Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) what you're describing is so Uh, haunting asia because like yes pretty consistently i'm like okay well can't do that now and so like the only time i'll say this sort of sort of um passionately the only time where it elevates my frustration is if what was on it is something i need to accomplish a thing that i cannot do like for instance if i am driving somewhere and i have now lost directions and i'm like okay well i don't have an alternative i mean like i, I don't keep a map in my in my car or something like that so i so I, if i don't have gps i really don't know where i'm going I'm, i'll get there eventually but i don't know that elevates the frustration or if i'm trying to do something and i'm like okay I, I i literally cannot make this thing happen uh but those actually are very very small niche problems compared to the overwhelming amount of things that like if i don't have it that I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm just, what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to sit here and talk? Yeah, actually, that's... I'm going to be a person? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to be a person today. What's on my to-do list? Oh, I'm going to be a person today. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wild. I don't know, Dave, Jackson, what do you guys think? Dave, what's your thoughts on this kind
4: of stuff? Um, yeah, I, I and similar thoughts. Um, there's a, a piece from the prologue from the book Mm-hmm. Um, where he's, it's, um, he's writing and he says, um, "Let's talk, you and I. Let's talk about fear. And he mm-hmm. says, let's take, let's take, uh, or talk very rationally about uh, moving to the rim of madness and perhaps over the edge, because fear is the emotion that makes us blind." Mm. And then he goes on to say that the thing under my bed, watching or waiting to grab my ankle, isn't real. I know that. And I also know that if I'm careful to keep my foot under the covers, it will never be able to grab my ankle. <laughs>
1: wow.
4: And I, I, I wrote those down because then I asked the question, well, what is the fear that he's presenting in this short story? And um, there's a line where the, the girl in the, in the short story says, um, she shouts, we made them. Mm-hmm. Um, the girl cried out with sudden wretchedness, they can't, they can't do this. And there's a line that follows that says um that follows when the uh they figure out the that the trucks want them to fuel uh, yeah. uh, because they can't do it themselves. and w- one of the lines is you want to be their slaves and then the book says so much of the world is paved now and little by little they can make it into the world um uh, make it into the world they want and um i just thought for me that's what the kind of the movie kind of stripped and that's why it didn't make a lot of sense to me because it it put everything in this comet and it made the whole thing kind Mm -hmm. of like this big existential crisis but yeah i wasn't sure what the primary questions were that it Mm -hmm. was trying to tease out as far as like what is the fear behind this? And what is the crisis? And um, half the movies felt like it was a crisis of, well, what does it be mean to be a man? (laughs) I don't know. It's Yeah. Yeah. But we're in the book. It just kind of got to the heart of it. And I'm like, my mind, like translating to your discussion there about um, technology and our relationship to it is that like, it it really is a world where we're so dependent on it that Mm -hmm. if, if we detach ourselves from it, we realize the whole world is paved and it's made it into every corner and every facet of our society. Like I was saying this to somebody the other day, it's like, I, I am up that generation where um, when I was growing up right before the internet hit, it was like, I blinked 20 years ago and woke up now 20 years, uh, 20 years Mm -hmm. from then when the internet kind of hit where everybody kind of went online at a point in my life where people were like going off to get married, moving to other cities, getting jobs. And like, we were just kind of all parting ways, like me and my social group and my friends. Mm -hmm. And so the internet became the place where we maintain those connections by necessity, like necessity. Like we just Mm -hmm. all gravitated online and it just kind of became this thing. And if you go off, then you just like, that's what I found like 20 years after it's like you, you wake up and you go off and it's like, well, where is everybody?
1: Oh, <laughs> it's wow. like, you, yeah.
4: you know, how do you reset when all of these relationships are so far in the past that yeah, it, it, everything kind of been, um, you know, gravitated to this technology, this online world. And I know that's mm-hmm. not the same thing as trucks, but it, there's correlation there as far as. Oh,
2: absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, Jackson, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but I uh, I want to piggyback on one thing that you said, uh, Dave, highlighting the whole, like, Im- like, in real time in this conversation, when you highlighted that sentence from the book, where it said the whole world is paved, and just realizing, like, even if somebody were to try to, in air quotes, go off the grid, like, how mm. f- how far they would have to go to be completely like isolated from everything. Some people do it. Some some people manage to find some sort of self-sustaining avenue that way. But when you think about like the tendrils of some stuff like social media and the influence of things like social media, uh, it it does begin to hear like like the whole world is paved. And what I found interesting about your uh highlighting that like where did everybody go? Because I've heard the terms depending on what generation you were born into or what your what your uh, the technological advancement was at the time you were born that somebody is either a digital native or a digital immigrant and so what's interesting is you talk the the language even in that terminology is talking about location and and transmission that we are going like even to say a digital immigrant uh, it means we've gone somewhere like we are not where we were, we've gone somewhere and the generation being born into it being a digital native. Well, they're already there now they're growing mm-hmm. up on this. And now the concept of not being able to push a button and obtain the thing is going to be foreign to them. Like, wait, really? I can't do that. That doesn't exist. That's not, that's not just there for me to have, uh, which has its own sense of, of, of frightening to it. But, but Jackson, I said, I was going to let you talk and then I talked too long. So wh- what are your thoughts okay. on this whole thing?
0: okay, so I just have one little silly thought and then a more serious one uh, sure. but the line that that uh, that Dave brought up where um, the woman says, "We made them, how can they do this? I just think it's funny the very different tones between the book and the movie of that moment yes. the book it's actually kind of poignant and ominous <laughs> in the movie it's the most <laughs> frenetic, unhinged <laughs> acting I've ever seen yes oh yes oh yeah <laughs> it's spectacular anyway um so i was gonna piggyback off of the whole conversation about the internet though because this is something i've thought about a good bit um and it's this thing that we made but it's become so pervasive and so big in its scope and it covers mm. so many aspects of our lives that it essentially these days operates like a living thing
1: mm. not oh, to say yeah. that it yeah. Is a
0: living thing. Obviously, it's it's technology, but it operates like a living thing. It grows and expands, and uh, we fuel it.
1: Yeah, like the yeah.
0: like the trucks in the movie. We continue to fuel it every time somebody adds something to the wow. internet. It has some sort of effect, uh, and sometimes it's a positive effect. It can bring people together. You know, you can reconnect sure. with old friends that you haven't seen in years. You can also start wars with it
1: yeah you know yeah
0: it, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of scary how powerful the internet is as just a thing that we made yeah and it does have the possibility to to take us over and swallow us up not through any power of its own but through the power that we give it
2: yeah yeah and and i, I think it's already right now here in 2023, it's already beyond us. Like there is no, there is no point like Pandora's box is open. Yeah. It Mm -hmm. is already gone. And to your point, like it has already, and this is, this is as old or uh, like I referenced Pandora's box, which is the Greek myth, Frankenstein's monster. Like horror has been trying to warn us over and over again. Like Mm -hmm. this box is full of things that are just, you are not going to be able to recollect and put back into the box. Like it's just, it's just out there. And now, it has reached the place to where people in various circles are now being influenced by things even without directly engaging them. So even if they Mm -hmm. are not directly participant in whatever the input is, its influence is still, you know, in kind of these intangible ways, shoving at the extremities and pushing in this direction or that direction. And what really kind of scares me, it's like, I love it and it scares me. I love it because I think Data from Star Trek, it scares me because I think, oh my god, I don't know what these are going to do. Or like the current conversation around AI and what right. AI is uh-huh. capable of. And like I said, I grew up on Star Trek, so I'm like, oh, you mean I'm going to get a little data, buddy? And that's going to be good. But the implications for what people are trying to do with it now are are very alarming, are very scary mm-hmm. because of. And I think that what it comes down to is like that woman in the movie. And I agree, it's like so much more of a bananas way to put it in the movie. <laughs> But, you know, it's like the, the, the idea that because we created it, we control it. That's the issue. Not
5: true of your kids.
2: No, no, it's not Mm -hmm.
0: true. Absolutely. Yeah. I,
2: uh, I, I, I shared with a friend just recently because they were bemoaning, um, that they were struggling with, with parenting and they felt like, and this was also a person of faith. So they were struggling with, they were saying like, you know, I really, you know, I, I feel like I'm doing all of these things wrong. And like. You know, I feel like I'm I'm deficient in some way that I'm having so many troubles and difficulties with my kids, and I just tapped them lightly on the shoulder. I said, "Let me tell you this, and this is honest to God truth." Um, in our belief, nothing is more perfect than God. God is perfect, infallible, uh, indefinable, omnipotent, unlimited—all of these words that you want to say. And He gave His kids. One rule, <laughs> and and they broke that rule. And so, if you ever feel bad in Asia, maybe this is uh, you know preemptive. If you ever feel bad about parenting, it's like you know what? <laughs> Even God was like these kids. Oh my God, these kids! <laughs> like you know, and it's just like. But to a certain degree, that's part and parcel of what is being signed up for. Like you create, you release, you unleash. You have to reckon with. I can't control that anymore. It's out there. Mm-hmm. It's I can't control the narrative. I can't control the intention. I can't control the thing. It's out there, and so it is going to do what it's going to do. Um, which also, and, which yeah, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No, 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 you're fine. I was rambling at that point. Go ahead.
5: But I feel like this is this parallels the the different topics is because there there has to be that releasing. And then, mm-hmm. for better or for worse, a certain type of unleashing, mm-hmm. when you create the thing, I mean, it it has to be done with, uh, always imperfectly, but it has to be done with deep, deep intentionality, you know, mm-hmm. deep, mm-hmm. deep care for what am I going to be unleashing? What is right. the long-term yeah. goal or game? What is the long-term implications of the way I am right. interacting with this probably wonderful, incredible thing that could go wrong. Right. Like, yeah,
4: yeah, absolutely. That, that becomes an interesting question, even like to make it super real and practical. You look at somebody like Steve jobs and you have to think, I have to think that he knew exactly what his creation would do to the world. Mm. And, it even conflicted with his own family values, his own life values. And mm. yet he did it. <laughs> yeah. He did it and put it out in the world knowing exactly what it would do and mm-hmm. let it do its thing.
2: And yet yeah. ask
4: why. And yet that happens over and over and over again. <laughs>
2: yeah, because
4: the ego of, and uh,
2: this is not specifically a comment about Steve Jobs, but rather <laughs> ideally about humanity writ large, the ego of accomplishment often overrides the complications of morality that like we can, you know, it's the old Jurassic park adage. Like we can do this thing. We will wrestle with whether or not we should or how to maintain it after the fact. And then you just put, push a couple of buttons, slap a couple of band-aids on a few things and then proceed. And it's not until you get pretty far down the path that you realize like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't go backwards. You know, I think I, I do think a lot. I'm talking all kinds of Genesis in this conversation, which I didn't necessarily intend to. But like, I think about Cain and Abel, and I wonder and think about sometimes. It's like, you know, did did his anger and his rage and everything just get away from him? And now suddenly, you don't realize what you've done until after you've already done it, and you look back and go like, "Oh my God, what did I do there? What like?" I didn't even I didn't even realize that you get blinded by these inputs by these different things and um and a lot of that comes not only we just we there's an old Rich Mullins song that says we are not as strong as we think we are. I listen to that song like as a dietary exercise, a mental and emotional dietary mm-hmm. exercise that we are not as strong as we think we are. And correlative to that, we are not in control as we think we are. And um, that there are things around us. And and that can be very frightening. That can be alarming. Um, or it can bring a sense of comfort as well to say like, okay, well, uh, I need to recognize that these things that are swirling uh, uh, around me, I still can decide to a degree how I'm going to engage, how I'm going to participate or not. Um, and something that I think I've shared on the show before in different contexts that I think about a lot, and it does bring me a lot of comfort because of my belief system, Um, is the parable that Jesus told about the wheat and the weeds, uh, also called wheat and the tares uh, in in the Bible. And what the story was in brief is just a farmer sowed wheat seed, and then in the middle of the night, uh, an enemy, uh, an undisclosed enemy, went and sowed uh, bad seed, weed seed among it. So, when the seed, when the plants finally sprouted from the ground, there was wheat but there was also weeds and they were all intertwined together. They were intermingled. They were growing together often from the same, you know, hole in the ground. And so the workers in the field said, okay, we're going to go out there and we're going to remove the weeds. And the owner of the vineyard said, wait, if you do that, you will damage the wheat. So wait until harvest time and we will sort it out. We will separate the one from the other. And, um, Our friend Ian had mentioned the last time I brought that up where he said, you know, we don't we're not always great at discerning in the moment what is wheat and what is weeds like we don't even Mm -hmm. sometimes know the difference. And so even our big grandiose notions of going out and trying to control trying to weed out and try to say like, oh, I'm going to remove this. Uh, excess, or I'm going to remove this bad thing. And it's like, yeah, you do realize when you do that, you're going to be damaging some wheat at the same time. And so there needs to be a certain degree of sensitivity or a certain degree of care that things are going good things are going to get better. They're going to keep getting better. Bad things, sorry to say, probably going to keep getting worse. <laughs> like, like, Like the bad things that are happening are probably going to keep getting worse. And the good things, thankfully, are probably going to keep getting better. And a lot of what I think our responsibility falls down to is not necessarily to try to control those things or to build better wheat or whatever, but is simply to understand and discern and try to improve upon our discernment to know like, okay, I can recognize this as a wheat and I can recognize this as a weed and do what we can to try to just care for our own interior landscapes Mm -hmm. the best way that we can. Um, I think that's that's probably the most of what is uh, given to us, which is definitely... A far richer conversation or a richer consideration than I ever thought we would land at.
1: <laughs> when,
5: I read,
2: when I read, yes, go hey. ahead. Hey,
5: I'm. I just. No. I. Oh. This is a tiny. Oh, sorry.
2: No, you Asia, then you Jackson, and then we'll then we'll wind it
0: down. I was just gonna say that's what this show does. Yeah, yeah. that's all I have. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: that's Thank why
0: you. we're here.
5: This is a very silly, I'm taking these beautiful, profound things that you just said, and I'm going to go derp de derp dirp derp with it. And, um, it. But you referencing uh, Genesis as you did made me think of probably the line that I laughed at the hardest in this movie. Uh-huh. Which was when the horrible Bible salesman is like, This here uh, Bible, oh. it has everything in it. It oh has God. from the creation of this beautiful world to the fall of man. And I'm like, you mean <laughs> Two pages later? Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I
0: caught that too. What are you trying to <laughs> it's say? Very funny. he
2: has so got
5: everything. Like, Here's it's, like, <laughs>
2: it's, well, cl- clearly by his attitude and behavior, those are the only pages he read. Like, that's exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's as far like as you are it. a
5: salesman. And that's it. <laughs>
2: it's, it's so funny because that character is in the story. It, it, did you catch that? Mm-hmm. They, but he's that not a Bible salesman. Yeah, that's not a yeah.
1: He's yeah, not I he's not a Bible salesman
2: hurt. in the story, but he does suffer the same fate, which that if I had another uh-huh. That ain't right, is that scene where our main narrator, when he's crying out for help, yeah. he looks at her, he's like, I don't hear him. Do you hear him? Maybe if you wake him up, he'll hear him and maybe he'll go out there. I'm like, dude, that's cold as ice, man. Yeah. Like what
0: really that is jack. Very up. Much nearly my my that Even- ain't right.
5: Even though the short story is not inherently comedic, I will say that was one moment in the short story and it happens Mm -hmm. pretty pretty right off the bat. The way, I don't know how it's aerodynamically possible, but the way that Stephen King describes Snodgrass's...
2: Propulsion?
5: Propulsion. (laughs) Like he's silhouetted against the sky and all (laughs) like spread eagle and all I can picture in my head or here is like the goofy scream anytime he falls off something (laughs) yes
2: oh my god that's hysterical (laughs) oh that is so funny yes i i wholeheartedly agree wholeheartedly agree well uh y'all this is this has been a lot of fun i have really enjoyed this does anybody have anything that they want to throw into the tank pump into the gas tank before we say goodbye all right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been yet another installment of the night shift. Uh, Dave, thank you so much, Asia. Thank you so much, Jackson. Thank you so much. This has been a whole lot of fun. I hope you had fun too, and we'll see you the next time around. Bye everybody.
1: Ray, Ray. Mm-hmm.
2: Have you, mm-hmm. uh, did you see it? Seen what?
3: The trucks arrived. I know. I was there. No, no, no. Not, not those trucks.
2: Oh,
1: okay. Other
3: trucks. So, you know, there was the trucks with the honestly ominous mama, you know, mm-hmm. kind of stacks.
2: Authored by Anna Monopoeia. Yeah. Sure. Anna, for short. She goes by Anna. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. She ain't gonna go by Pia. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nope. Um... So there was those trucks and then there was a whole other truck that backed on up and mm. uh was carrying some stuff. Did you see it? No. Okay. Well, a little, little wink-a-do here. It's amazing. Oh what what is it? And are you are you listening? You are you might might it be said that mm-hmm. you are all ears?
2: Obviously.
1: Yeah. Any
3: uh, yeah. Any, uh, any, any, kernel of an idea? there huh. popping around uh, in the old brain mm, pan. Should, should I? Oh! Clown in the cornfield. Clown, clown in, the cornfield. in the cornfield. Clown in the cornfield today.
1: It? It's a
3: clown in the cornfield. No, no. no it's close, no. though. It's
2: close. It's a good guess. Is it close? It was a good it's guess. Good. Am I in the uh, cornfield? Sure
3: not the ballpark yeah 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 no i just i understood the vague you know did, use of a yes. ge- geographical reference for the, the punchline no, I, I yes it. yeah uh
2: okay.
3: you're close you are close <clears throat> okay um but no the the, the final read the final shift the final the shift. shift we're there oh well Ooh. i guess i guess you could say we are having our waffle party next week okay oh mm. uh well mm. but we'll we'll let we'll let uh the the crew folk know about that once we're done with the okay. shift because right, I I invited some friends, man. Um, you mm-hmm. know, uh, they are they are adults, but we are talking about the children of the corn.
2: Uh, it
3: is it is uh, showing up for that shift.
2: Did it you is... cover all 23 movies?
3: <laughs> yes. No. We did not. We did not.
2: <laughs> yes. Are there really 23? No. Oh, I was 20. Like, it good feels like night. It. No. no. Um, it feels like it. No, there's like there's like 12. Uh,
3: th- not for our conversation. There's not. There's only oh, there's
2: not. Oh, and then there's, there's, there's the
3: pros. Uh, oh, so okay. for nice. the next, the next, and and I suppose you could say final shift on this particular version of the night shift. On the night shift, uh, the night shift. Uh, we'll feature old friend oh. Vera, old friend Jess, old friend Meredith. A bunch of friends just hanging out, popping some, popping some corn.
2: I like that crew. Pass
1: that crew's salt, cool. Pass
2: the butter. And uh, Oh man, extra salt, extra butter. I'm excited. I'm excited. This is a big one. I'm looking
1: forward to it. Let's do it. All
3: right. All right. Let me check this roster for tonight's shift okay okay you lot are one of our final crews for the night shift so what de do am i right all right when i call your name please say here or present or uh, i i captain trips or something got it okay first off looks like a just
1: <laughs>
3: says here you're a quarterly queen is that right
6: yes sir yes i am
3: okay okay next is uh hmm Another quarterly queen, a foreign correspondent, also a Canadian, Vera Gowdy. Present. Okay. All right. One more here. Last on the roll call for this night shift is, huh, fancy seeing you show back up around here. I think you can just roll up in here and maybe get your old job back. Uh, It's yours if you want it. Okay. Former, but still (laughs) possibly future if you want it, literary correspondent, Meredith Curran.
7: Hi.
3: Present. welcome to the night shift i will be your shift leader my name is nathan <laughs> listen up all of you okay i'm gonna need you all ears for this eye popping shift tonight all right i'm not gonna butter you up okay this shift it won't be sweet creamy or candy and by the <laughs> end of it we all may be husks of what we were beforehand but once we are done we'll clock out i'll get you all a round of reservoir bourbon whiskey which is a very specific alcohol for a very specific reason on me, and we can play a game of uh, dang it, what is the name of that game? Anybody, any of you know the, the game, the one with the board? It's a little ways away, and you toss the bean corn bags hole. into.
1: Corn sorry. Home. Corn. <laughs>
3: Cornhole. Corn okay. Hole. For some reason, that was eluding me. Okay. All right. So let's uh, let's walk out into the into the cornfield, shall we? With uh clown in a cornfield is what we're talking I'm about scared. tonight. Just kidding. <laughs> no, please Jess, did no. you just say please stop?
6: <laughs> no, I I'm scared.
3: you like, can you stop the bit I'm now? <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to get I, off the I, ride. <laughs> I, oh
1: my gosh, this is still going.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Never let a good bit die.
1: Okay. So
3: we are gonna be talking about the pros of, uh, from the text, uh, children of the corn, uh, we are talking about children of the corn. So the pros, we're talking about the 1984 film. Uh, we are talking about the 23 film. Uh, I want to give some hot takes, uh, and then we can, that ain't right. Kind of all of it, you know, so maybe, maybe two rounds, uh, if we have them. Um, so I'll start. Um, and then I'll just, we'll just, We'll just popcorn style this.
1: <laughs> <Of
6: course. laughs> no, Let it begin, kids.
3: Yes. So um oh, remarkably, despite my king affection, I, I I was aware of, of course, but had never read or seen any of the uh the the corn legacy, <laughs> the corn, I don't know, corniverse. Um and I will say this: I actually texted Reed after I read the prose. For each of these night shifts, I read the prose first before it, and if there was a, a partner viewing piece, um, I texted him after I read the prose and I said, "Man, I can see why this one is kind of a legacy piece that was really strong." Um, I, I really responded positively uh, for and for maybe when we get to some thematic notes uh, about that, but because you just don't know i I really didn't know anything other than uh, scant imagery i'd seen over the years and the title um and and so its narrative and the prose kind of surprised me uh just given what it is um and then i watched the 84 film and i was like "Mm, (laughs) yep (laughs) that's
8: that was a movie they made (laughs) <laughs> it is. Well, and what out.
3: Okay, I will say this, what honestly kind of surprised me about the 84 film was how how um I don't love like categorically naming a thing bad, so I'll I'll resist that in the moment cuz these are my hot takes, but like how little enjoyment I got out of it for how much I enjoyed the the short story. And and why that surprised me was because I knew its legacy. I was like I don't really understand how I'm responding so negatively to this. And it's it's considered not necessarily the film, but the the story, this sort of iconography, the, the mythology of the children of the corn is so uh uh central to to King's you know kind of media l- legacy. So uh responded pretty unfavorably to the 84 film, uh, uh in letterbox star rankings. I gave it a half, uh like just half a star. Um, and then watched the 23. Um, I, I will say this, possibly surprising y'all. I gave, I gave the letter for my letterbox. I gave it one and a half. Now there, there are glimpses of good ideas in the 23 film. And in fact, there's a world where a better, uh, there's enough there that something more interesting could have been done. Unlike what I felt with the 84 film, it, it that I felt like everyone was just phoning it all in. Um, so, so, I'm a little more sympathetic to the 23 film, even if I don't like, like it. Um, I liked its ideas. I like some, some thoughts behind it. So, uh, so that's kind of me. I'm going to just uh, call on folks, Jess, you're up next. Um, what was your, f- I, and and I'm sorry to, to be clear. I didn't end up watching any of the sequels or anything. I just didn't have time or, or really good. care to bother. We were focusing on yeah, the there's main,
8: like nine of them,
3: the main dish. Oh my
8: goodness.
3: Jess, yeah. what about you?
6: Yeah. So I remember glimpses of the 84 one from my childhood and teenagehood. And I think what it is, is in 1993, when they released that second one, I think they kept rerunning Mm. the original because I remember us talking about it in high school and going (laughs) to camp running through the cornfields and being like, Malachi, you know, like, so I totally (laughs) remember, like, being terrified of Malachi. Like, oh my gosh. Well, I find farm tools, big open, like that is all terrifying. So as corny as that movie was, I mean, I feel like, but again, I think it's some of that childhood being terrified of just some of that stuff. Um, Had never read the book or the story. So i read that for the first time, which I couldn't believe how different it was than the story that um, I had loosely known growing up. And then 2023, I think I actually kind of agree with you, Nathan. I thought their premise with, um, you know, the corn, the farming subsidies and just some of the different things they did that made it modern. Mm-hmm. I thought were kind of cool. I thought it was, I was not expecting that at all. I was basically expecting another, you know, sure. there we go. We're going to go in that same way. So they were trying, to, like you said, to do something different, but um, you know, it just didn't quite get there. Right. Um, but, but overall, I think I have such nostalgia for 1980s King that I just will always enjoy watching any of those movies made in that era for nostalgic reasons.
3: And I could see a world where, so, uh, you know, you made a good point there, Jess, of like, if somehow you were aware of or saw the early film as a kid, I could see, or a young person, at least, even if a young teenager, I could see a world where that that lodges, you know, some of that imagery. The, the concept itself of, of oh, yeah. kids, you know, kind of being the revolting sort of aspect of a societal upheaval, um, I, I could see where that would have a lasting impact uh, and, and like, sometimes happens just for me watching it for the first time now, having no associate, that none of that association, it was like, what are we doing yeah. here? Um, Vera, what about you?
8: I had read the prose, it must have been in, like, late middle school, early high school. Um, I, both of my brothers growing up were like little, like very white blonde kids with mushroom cuts. And we were <laughs> rel- <it happened laughs> in my aunt or uncle who called them the children of the corn all the time. Ah. So, that, <laughs> <laughs> so that was like my first, like remembering where I heard it from. And then I guess I must've found it somewhere. And then I read it. Um, and then I watched the 1984 movie in high school. Um, I, Liked, I like the that movie is fine to me. I like, I think I like that they don't show he who walks in the corn mm-hmm. better than them showing it. Yeah, um, because he it does come out in the. But it
3: was a good Chris Rock cameo. Let's be honest,
8: you know, unexpected <laughs> <there's something laughs> there. Yeah, you went Chris Rock. I went Corn Groot. Like I was just like, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. terrible. Um, yeah, and and it comes up in the pros too, and it's just. I think it's scarier if you don't see it. Um, and yeah. And then I watched the the recent one that came out this week or last week or whenever it came out this week.
1: Yeah.
8: And um, it was certainly a movie that got made. And <laughs> <laughs> and I thought the girl, Eden, the girl who played Eden, was strong. She was really was good. good. Yeah. yeah. And everyone else tried their best. Yeah. Did they?
3: well it's funny you mentioned the 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 resolution to 23 and this is y'all know this is what i do i editorialize everyone's comments but um it didn't help that i was watching it in sort of a daylight setting um this is a problem of just about any movie with vfx these days like by the end of it i was like i don't even know what i'm looking at like what is what is literally happening on screen i can't tell it's so dark Uh, Which tells me Mm -hmm. you've got a limited VFX budget. Let's let's (laughs) you know uh, set the scene at night.
8: Two towers. We've all seen Helms Deep. We know they can light night scenes well. Why don't they just do that in every movie? (laughs) Well, (laughs) thank you. you. That is my soapbox.
3: Yes, (laughs) Meredith. What about you?
7: Um. Yeah. So the 1984 one is. Pure nostalgia for me. I remember as a kid, <clears throat> like you, Jess, I asked someone, I think a-, a babysitter, maybe. I'm not sure. Someone older than me. I was very young. I asked them, what is the scariest movie ever made? Let's watch it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And they said, definitely, definitely Children of the Corn. I was like, Great. Let's watch it. Terrified me. So it's still scary to me. Like it's yeah. always going to be scary to me. It's in my head that it's is the worst, the most scary yeah. you know, movie ever made. So, mm. so uh, no matter how dumb it is, it's the scariest movie ever made. <laughs> so that's what kid Meredith thinks. And now adult Meredith thinks <laughs> um, the, uh, the new one. I, I agree with Vera. They made that. <laughs> <laughs> <head>. <laughs> That's how I feel. Also, uh, <laughs> um, I actually had a lot of fun with it, though, and I'm sad that I was alone watching it. I feel like it would have been a, a really fun group activity. I yeah, agree. I could see that. Yeah. I,
3: now, had you read the pros?
7: No, Mm-mm. this is yep. the first time I read it, yep. um, and I really liked it. Yeah, I was I was really surprised that it was so good.
1: Um,
3: well, let's 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 do some that ain't right. Okay, this is the part of the segment where we talk about the grotesque, the gory, the unsettling, the things of which might, uh, the things that aren't just wrong, but of which might be said that ain't right.
2: That sure as hell ain't right.
3: I really hope an audio blip of this is like popcorn popping um, or the audio (laughs) interlude. Um, Meredith, let's go in, in uh, uh, reverse order. So we'll do two rounds of this. You can pull from any of the pieces. Um, So start with, you know, just do one for now. Uh, But it can be from the pros. It can be from the 84 or from the 23.
7: Okay. My first one from the 23 is pastor Penny his yes. name that's his name
1: He's the that's worst
7: yeah yeah everything about him from the his first line to the looks on the look on his face it's like stop it
8: yeah it's good casting he was un- yeah, yeah he was good what's
3: well, funny you said that because now actually gained a little grace towards this moment once the text of the film kind of revealed itself but that opening scenes like if you're a good girl, maybe we can manage it. You can come live with me. Like, what the mm-hmm. hell? Yeah. Back on yeah. up, yo. That was not. He deserved okay. it.
1: He well, and it, it,
3: it resurfaces later, right? When he's in the jail cell, mm-hmm. he has some yeah. other line similar to
1: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well,
6: and she says, like, you've sinned, right? And you're just like,
1: yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Yeah.
6: didn't sin against the cornfield
7: or Mm-mm. what everyone else did, but yeah. He you, sinned.
3: Um, Vera, what is it that ain't right for you?
8: Um, I'm going to go with it's in the um 84 and in the pros when ah. um Vicky gets some um, corn husks in her eyes. Mm. It's so gross.
3: But it but it doesn't happen in the 84.
8: It doesn't? No, cuz they get away. The eyes just gone. No.
3: No. They away. The
8: police officer that has it in them.
3: Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The blue man. I know that is Great. The, yeah, the
8: blue man has it. But yes, I just no, I, I things. I don't like I things. yeah, that was <laughs> definitely I thing. Yeah, yeah, that there was there definitely a, of a turn things. off
3: in the in the text. I was like eh. <laughs> mm-hmm. not okay. Yeah. Jess, what's a what's a that ain't right for you?
6: Um, So my is from the 1984 one and it's within the first five minutes friends yeah. can you yeah, you know that hand in the deli slicer. Oh,
1: yeah, Ugh. that
6: I mean, I worked in an industrial kitchen in high school and like, you could not pay me to use that. I'm like, Nope, I got it. I'm just going to chop that onion or whatever (laughs) by hand. I'm fine. Don't get me anywhere near that industrial slicer that like shoving his hand through that thing.
3: Well, you you know, uh, uh, we, we piggyback on each other's that ain't right. Uh, if, so we don't double dip here, but like the whole diner massacre, is like
1: yeah, right. meredith
3: to your to your point and 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 credit to hindsight here like sure if you'd seen this as a 10 oh. year old a 12 year old that opening scene will mess you up like that little boy staring yeah. and then the ketchup splatter on his face that ain't ketchup you know that that ain't right i mean come on <laughs> is- um but accentuated by or punctuated by that meat cutter yes. scene oof, oh, oof,
6: spinning man. blades nothing <laughs>
1: <doesn't
3: puncture> <laughs> <sinning> <laughs> blades. No. No, no, it's like Chekhov's spinning blade, but it—you you don't even have to attach mytholo- mythic form to it. It's just like no, if someone's going to get. Marvel's
8: shows up in a horror movie. You know, you know, yes, it's just going to exactly. be bad. Yeah.
3: So I'm gonna, um, for all my my tendency towards uh, frivolity, this one isn't deep so much as it was just pretty unsettling. One of the things I love about the prose uh, is. Again, if you just don't know what you're getting, as I didn't, um, I was very surprised by the shape of the prose story. You know, it is largely for its 40 pages or so, three quarters of it is just Bert and Vicky, right? Basically, Mm -hmm. at least two thirds or so. And one of the most kind of haunting, uh, and and this is one reason I love, you know, reading them before watching them is letting the imagination do whatever it's going to do rooted in the text and so when he uh when bert is in the church vicky has decided to stay in the car and 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 the only kid that has appeared on screen quote unquote is when they hit the one at the top uh Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the story so even still as a reader i'm like what are we what is this narrative and so and and they he he lays such great groundwork for the conflict the ongoing conflict between Bert, Bert and Vicky that you don't even, for me, it didn't even register when he does leave her in the car. It's like, Oh, this is just another iteration of their fighting their conflict. He goes inside, he's reading whatever, this, you know, scroll or pages or whatever it is. He's literally finding. Uh, and then when he comes back inside, comes back outside. Maybe he hears her scream. I don't recall exactly. Um, but just the image, the the imagination did a lot of heavy lifting for me. Of suddenly there's kids everywhere crawling over the car and, and, and encircling the car and coming after her. And that's when all kind of hell breaks loose. And and for me, that was probably of all three editions, the strongest reaction I got from it was like, oh my God, this just ratcheted up a notch in a very real way. Um, so yeah, that would be my initial that ain't right. Anyone else respond to that particular part? It sounds like most of you had some familiarity before this, so it may not have registered quite so much.
6: Yeah, the book just brought out a whole different that ain't right. Like it it does feel like a more darker, more emotional heaviness is how I felt it. I mean, probably in the ending that, you know, you're left with they're both dead and these kids are kind of getting even more evil and kind of cutting each other down. And it just uh, continues. And you're just kind of, yeah, it, 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 to me, and again, watching it as a younger person, the older one, it, it's just a totally different story. Almost. They're both yeah, called Children yeah. yeah. of the corn, but wow, yes.
8: they're just completely totally different. different. Vicky and Bert are entirely different characters. Well, yeah. I world. mean, the whole it's idea that they are
6: different. a loving couple yeah. and, <laughs> it, you know, it's just, a <laughs> and they get totally away. Yeah.
8: <laughs>
3: um, Let's do a quick second that. Right. And then we'll uh, come back to some of those ideas there. Um, uh, real quick, Meredith, what was the next one for you? We'll do the same order again.
7: I'm going to go back to the, the new movie. Um, just something that stuck out to me. I mean, this was pretty subtle um, in a whole scheme of things. But when the main character, what is her name? She. Her oh, in the new has,
1: one. Eden.
7: In the new, not the main.
8: Yeah. In the new movie. Oh, um, the girl who starts with a K. Blonde girl? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. This one. Um, <laughs>
7: oh, oh, yes. Oh, her no mother has just been buried alive and her, her, her hand is like, she's on the surface. And instead of frantically like trying to dig her out, she's like, I'm, I'm going to take your bracelet. I can dig <laughs> you out, but I'm going to miss you, mom. I'm going to take your bracelet. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
7: <You know? laughs> she could have saved her
3: <laughs> majoring on the minors kids man i'll tell you what
7: <laughs>
8: <Right>. <laughs> that just stuck with me
3: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair
8: the adults ain't didn't right. do much to get themselves right. out of the hole either <laughs>
3: no no that they really vera, what's didn't. another like, what's another one for you vera
8: um i'm gonna go with the ending of the prose when um he who walks in the corn lowers the age to 18 And then all of the 18 year olds walk into the corn to die. And there's Mm -hmm. the girl, Ruth, who's like Malachi's wife, but she's a child and she's pregnant. And she like, it's mentioned briefly that she hates this life, but like, and then, and then she's also pregnant and that's all just so unsettling and awful. And I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) That was awful.
6: Yeah. 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 That Um, ending is just kind of like, Oh yeah.
3: uh, Jess, what about you?
6: Um, So I'm going back to 1984 kids. Yeah. Okay, so they hit the body, and then the body's covered, (laughs) and Vicky goes out, and whatever. When he, like, jumps up, oh, my gosh. I literally, like,
1: screamed.
6: Yeah, that is, friend, it was. And then it was, you know, she's asleep. But that was a good (laughs) jump scare. I was not expecting that, so. (laughs) Did you know that's the um, that was a real reaction?
3: Yes. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so fu-
6: I did not realize that. That's cool. Well,
3: it's because they told Linda Hamilton that it was just a, a mannequin, like a dummy mm-hmm.
8: on the Love on that. the ground.
3: Um, but it was actually the actor. Um
8: I believe oh, mannequins move, so I would be scared too. <laughs> yeah. I saw those movies too,
3: yeah, as a kid. Um <laughs> <laughs>
8: terrified for different um, reasons. <laughs> right, right. Yes,
3: absolutely. Um I'll I'll name check two in brief both because they've already been at least alluded to before watching the movies when the movies did a really great job of really defanging pretty much uh, most of the dread I felt reading the text but when I read the text uh the first time I read the phrase he who walks behind the rose I was like that is creepy af that was a very <laughs> like chilling ooh makes your skin mm-hmm. crawl kind of name for an entity um especially when they're as they are assigning sort of scriptural you know language and tone to it uh but the other one that um vera you mentioned is on my that ain't right list is also from the prose. clearly i responded very heavily to it but is vicky's fate and i wrote down Mm -hmm. the the text and it says she's discovered and it says eyes ripped out sockets filled with moon flask of corn silk jaws wrenched open in a silent scream mouth Mm -hmm. filled with corn husks like that is why Stephen King is the king right is being able to conjure that sort of image put it in text and then let all the constant readers imaginations do the heavy lifting that has been the part of the segment where we talk about things that aren't right
2: that sure as hell ain't right
3: okay let's jump into some some big ideas here um i'll i'll kick us off a little bit but i want to be conscientious of what y'all have so here's what so i actually wanted and and um uh, most of you might have known if you are, are uh, most of you on this call not necessarily listeners our our youngest kid had uh pink eye today so she and I hung out most of the day. What I intended to do today was not that, but part of what was on my to-do list was honestly to reread the prose. I, like, I wanted to read it again to really ensure some of my initial takes still stood. Um, I just was not able to get around to it. But but I've thought a lot about in reading and then watching these two subsequent films, the nature of adaptation at all and and why sometimes the sort of description with text unfilmable gets gets leveled at a thing and and what has so fascinated me about these three pieces is like i said i actually think 23 is more after the spirit of the prose even if not the letter of it than 84 does at all um 84 to me felt very out of left field with some of its narrative choices because and and trying to make relatively concise this notion of adaptability like there's a point where the value of short story as a form is you don't have to extrapolate everything things can live as suggestion and metaphor and and i as reader with imagination and internal thought processes can can suss out what i think right like because what I find fascinating about the prose, and if you did any behind-the-scenes reading on this, this is interesting, an interesting point. King did a take on the 84 script. It got abandoned because he actually focused more on Vicki and Bert's broken relationship. And this came up. Maybe in one of these night shift segments I was on the idea of studio involvement in creative output. You know, when 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 what ostensibly could be creativity gets met with studio and, and interference sounds too cynical, but just like trying to cater. Because what I find fascinating about the pros is it starts at meanness. Mm-hmm. Like these are not likable characters. And they don't even really, he doesn't even really bother trying to make them likable by the end of it. And so then you have this, like, to me, it'd be far more interesting, but only sellable to an art house film market, which is not what these studios want. I'd be far more interested in something that is more literally the prose narrative on screen, like play with the ideas of how adults are terrible to each other and how the terribleness of adults societally has reflected down and and made us ignore what the repercussions of our meanness to each other have done to our children and that then in other words to me it was fascinating that it that the children of the corn prose, the point of it wasn't look at these effed up kids the point of it was adults are pretty effed up to each other. And there maybe should be a comeuppance of some kind from a younger generation. Now, he kingifies it by imbuing it with this heavy religiosity and mythological kind of heft, which which does a lot of the mystical work for for his type of prose. But to me, that was very fascinating. Like, that's interesting and worth pondering and considering. So you can see why when I jumped into 84 and I'm getting this little kid and I actually, I kind of checked my harshness after the fact, because that kid had some condition he's actually 24 who plays Isaac, you know, and, and just is, is has some sort of condition. And so, but to me, the, the, the choice there was not one that really worked. They, they, they defanged what to me was interesting about the text in favor of front loading, weird wacky kooky creepy mythology evil kids it's like ah that's an okay sort of thing uh but literally there are scenes in the 84 film where bert and vicky are just running and i'm like you may as well have just i think it's bert when he's being chased it's not, like <laughs> literally they just set up a they just set up a shot and said now run from run. off screen to over there and then they set up a new shot like it just recycles stuff like this is unbelievably directionless um anyway so i, I want to springboard us into that because because that is what was so fascinating to me about the the pros which is why i say i think 23 at least has a sense of that mm-hmm. though it is poor at, at doing anything with it um so yeah Any any sort of thoughts or feedback based on that or or alternate ideas
8: it feels like maybe with 84 like it feels like like eg- studio executive involvement. Like we need to have likable leads. Right. We can't have them Absolutely. be terrible people. Uh, that's what it feels like. And it's such a bummer because I agree with what, everything that you're saying, Nathan, that you can tell a much better story if you keep them the characters that they were in the prose. And what we learn here on Fear of God all the time is that horror has or can have such deep subtext and they removed that almost entirely from that movie. And it's a real bummer. Yeah, like they, they they removed it for creepy kids. Yeah. Cre- kids yes. in horror movies are creepy, but like, but what is the story telling us? Nothing.
3: Right? Yes. Everything became became just like, yes, you, you make a great point. There. There's there's no subtext at all. Like, it's just yeah. look at these evil kids and they worship a corn monster. Oh, God. And they're killing the good adults. Isn't that terrible? Like, well, that's not interesting though. That's not like worth to the point that when it ends, I was like, really, that's it. Like literally they get to the car, the girls in the car, the, you know, which again is literally, uh, uh, they may as well have had in the subtitles studio, uh, needed another jump scare, right? Like (laughs) that's what that is.
1: And then it literally
3: just says the end. (laughs) I was blown away. Like, uh, okay well that ended
7: <laughs> <laughs> uh, jump but, scares and creepy kids sell commercial yes it yes. has to be independent like you said
3: yeah um any yeah. any thoughts on those I ideas think,
6: though? i don't know it is hard like because <laughs> it's horrible it's like i like the creepy but Bert and Vicky were so dang unlikable in that story. I mean, yes, interesting. But it would be fascinating to see. Which, did any of you watch Disciple of the Crow? I did. That, like, short little YouTube YouTube one? Because did you get a feel for their relationship being or, like, I mean, because at one point he's like, I hate her. Like, I mean, it is, like, and he slaps her across the
8: face. Like, does any of that happen in that film? It was, that was a way closer adaptation okay. to the pros mm-hmm. than it was 84 for sure.
3: But see, I think just what's interesting about that. Cause I'm, I'm with you. Like, do we yeah. want to watch that? That's a fair question.
8: Sure.
3: Obviously yeah. studio head of whatever studio this was in 84 said, no, but every now and then what that choice does is forces you to ask the question why like okay if we're starting at that spot if we're starting at that tone yeah then why and and so now i'm asking that question okay wow that's a bolt that's a choice to really which is why i was saying the, the short story form when he doesn't have to give reams of backstory you're just yeah. starting at a point with characters the point he chose to start with is uh terrible you know broken fallen apart relationship uh, suggested and or actual violence towards each other verbally and physically, that's a choice. And so if you're choosing that, what are you trying to tell me? And what you're trying to tell me, by the way, to me, the way that prose plays out is like, they are representative, you know, they are us, you know, and and what has our heinousness towards each other caused us
1: to overlook. You yeah. Know?
6: In that same vein, I, did think it would have been cool if there would have been more brevity like in the story when it like when they were listening to the radio and the preacher came on Mm -hmm. and was like hellfire and brimstone and in the in the story it felt much heavier Mm. versus that the 1984 scene was it was a little more jovial like they kind of made fun of the preacher. And my favorite was Peter Horton was like, you know, we've got no room for people who watch public TV. That was like my favorite <laughs> line. But in the car, like Vicki in this story was like kind of going back to her childhood and kind of being, you know, taken back to what seemed like a hard time. And I don't know, that was an interesting part of that story that never really got developed in any of the films that I would have wanted to see play out.
8: Yeah, I think that the kernel uh-huh, that <laughs> the, oh, yeah. Yeah, the new version kind of got in there was what Nathan is is addressing in that like showing the adults behaving badly to one another within the community, what the children observe. And then how the children react in response when they uh, go psychotic, <laughs> and and that like that little nugget is there. Like you see, um, Bo's mom flirting with somebody who's not her dad, right? You the children are walking in the street and they hear adults fighting in the houses. There's that vote scene that was that
3: was terrible.
8: Un- <laughs> in the world. I'm shaming so hard. <laughs> know, my my <laughs> it was hard to watch, but them mocking the kids. Right and and belittling them and then you know and then the kids the kids seek revenge but the kids if if we don't take the movie at face value if we kind of you know dig into a little bit put a little bit of extra text on it they're they are copying that's what children do they <laughs> look at adults and they model from adults and that these children are modeling the bad behavior that they have seen taking it up the next level. But they're modeling the bad behavior that they've seen and received from the adults.
3: And I think that, you know, what <laughs> this is what was just so funny watching the 23 is like they went, they they did the kind of opposite of 84, which is uh it's like the it's like the opposite side of the same coin. There's yeah. no subtext to 23. <laughs> it's like this is what I mean, Nathan, me speaking personally, like this is what I mean by the prose, Vic and uh, Vicky and Bert become representative. When you make everyone, when, when, you know, 30 adults in a town are suddenly just assholes is like, yeah. Okay. Now you've just got a problem with your town. You've, you've made a thing explicit that was meant to be more subtle and now it's not subtle whatsoever. Yeah. Um, although help me out here. I can watch these things a bit distractedly sometimes, (laughs) but I find myself pretty confused in the first five minutes or so. Like, eden's on the swing set or the little little playground toy that she's on a kid comes out of the woods or out of the corn maze and i'm trying to talk myself into what happens i don't know what happens at the beginning
6: (laughs) (laughs) i'm very confused her and i'm not gonna lie i missed what exactly he said who is he he escaped from a hospital, correct, or a or some kind know. of an institution. Well, okay, was he
8: an orphan.
7: I thought he was the orphan in the the home. There you okay.
3: go, Bruce Wayne. Hi, hey. <laughs> yes. Right, but was he? But my, I guess what I struggled with was: a was he ever seen again? No. Okay. I guess there's he went problem. In. One. There's problem one.
8: But I think he gets taken away. Yeah, because he went in and killed everyone. Yeah, and then yeah. they were Did like, he? you can't do that, kid. Yeah. Who got yeah. killed? Right?
3: Some kids <laughs> died? That, that yeah. was
8: a, yeah, the, there was yeah, a lot it, happening. Wasn't an orphan that, that died? <laughs> yeah. It and, was just that he
6: planted the idea in Eden. I think that's all they sure. were trying to accomplish. But yeah, it was a very roundabout way. And then... She went out to the cornfield that night. I don't know. And then the spirit of the corn, I,
7: <laughs> I took care of. Her. I didn't think I was confused, but now I am. <laughs> because what
6: literally
3: happens is she's sitting there. Kid comes out of the woods or out of the corn maze. She, they exchange. I'm pretty sure his name is. They they might have called him like Bert. That maybe that was a nod to the '84. I think the character's name is Bert, and he goes in. But did he had kids died already? Did he do the corn mist into the bill? I, I'm very unsure <laughs> yeah. what happens at the top of that movie.
8: <clears throat> I, For a movie it, that's, I kind what? of forgot that part. The 911 <laughs> operator, who's like, "Yeah, a bunch of orphans died. It's a mess over there." So I, yeah, a mess. Well,
3: <laughs> okay. Well, we're we're drifting back to the surface. which is All totally right. fine because we need to talk about this 23 movie. I mean, like, there is some. <laughs> The scripting in this is like just chef's kiss. Um, Okay. So I'm going to go through some of these. Feel free to look at your notes for 23 and throw out some of your favorite lines. Uh, We didn't pre-brief this. And so you're, you're, um, if I catch you flat footed, my apologies, but I love when the hero kid who credit to the movie, didn't see that coming hero kid. Um, But I love at the beginning when they're out in the uh, little, the meadow of the corn, uh, and they're playing walk the plank and and hero kid comes in and he's like grandma's car ah! and then literally he says you've even busted the gas tank i was like no you didn't come on did you just say that like literally in my notes right now in all caps with an exclamation it says foreshadowing <laughs> like okay why don't you tell us where we're going hero <laughs> Something's gonna (laughs) explode and it's gonna be because grandma's gas tank is leaking. (laughs) (laughs) Metaphorically
1: speaking.
6: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, so this was my biggest thing. Yes. This was a modern take. This is supposed to be our era, correct? Like twenty twenties. Does nobody have a cell phone?
1: Now, I know we're in
8: the out. There's no
6: cell phone in power. The, but still people
8: on phone.
1: No, they do have cell phones, remember?
3: They've got the convenient, phones. they've got the convenient uh plot element that when Bo looks at her phone, it says, no signal. And then her friend looks at her phone, it's like me either. You yeah, know?
8: And then, like the kids have done oh, something to the tower or whatever.
3: Yeah, the uh uh it's convenient he I'm who not- walks behind the rose and Pops and shucks. Uh, he busted the cell tower or something.
1: Um, <laughs> oh my gosh.
3: <laughs> I love, okay. Other lines I love. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, listen, y'all, I love alliteration, but people don't naturally talk alliteratively, right? Like that is not a standard <laughs> form of human verbalizing to each other. Yeah, this is but normal growth. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, which anyone would say is a stylized form exactly. of scripting. When daddy at the town hall meeting says, I'm not making this up, I wish I was, because this is kind of amazing. He says, What happened to the glorious growing grain that we grew up with? <laughs> that line was said by an adult human He was in a running movie. for
8: office. He's like, this is going to be my slogan. <laughs> this is
3: <what> <laughs> the glorious growing grain we grew up with. How many takes oh. did that require? That's actually tough right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like,
1: you're
6: like, oh my god. That, that was amazing.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep going here because I've got another There's one. There's a lot of economy, lines. The, the corn economy can kiss my ass. What? <laughs> so this is what I mean. Oh, when you take word. the Implicit, the implied, the, the 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 subtextual, and you just blast it, yeah, like a yeah. kid on a corn cross, popping, shooting into the air, like that's on what they that do, one, yeah.
6: When you're talking about the the earnestness, her brother says to her at one point, "It's never a mistake to try and change the world, Bo."
1: Yeah, Never
6: a mistake, and. <laughs> Fight the power,
3: yeah. <laughs> uh And I love that the brother's name is Cecil, but she calls him Cece. Come
8: yeah. on, <laughs> yeah. what? Come yeah, on. that came up <laughs> on my subtitle because I didn't quite hear it, but I saw it, and I was like, "No, no." How
3: did it spell it in the <laughs> subtitles?
8: C e e c e. It is very what? Strange. Yeah, There's just yeah, like I, I strange was, on strange. I thought it was cease, but like she says it again, she calls him.
3: Well, the only reason I know his name is Cecil is because when she said it for the 10th time, I was like, what the hell what? is she saying? <laughs> and so I went to IMDb to look up the character's name. And I was like, oh, now this is there just dumb.
6: Yeah. I don't know if it ever comes out fully. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, What else we got?
6: Meredith, Thoughts, what do you got? Comments,
7: <laughs>
1: suggestions. I
7: didn't write down any... Um any lines. I wish I could go back and look at
1: those. <laughs> <laughs> some
7: good ones. Cause in the moment I was like, Oh,
1: <laughs> they're good. Yeah. I like
7: how they, um, I don't like it actually, but how just through in the beginning, just through conversation, they're giving us all of the, the backstory, um, on these characters, just through everyday conversation. Like nobody talks like that. Right. Like, for instance. And don't get me I wrong. Think,
3: there's an art to that. And,
1: and, yeah. you know, I mean, it's you're needed,
7: right. But I would never say to you, gosh, I'm tired. Remember when I, in 2020, <laughs> when I had a baby and, and um, now it's three years later and um
8: <laughs> you know? right,
1: right, right. <laughs> Yes.
8: Yeah, all talks expositionally all the time.
3: Right. It reminds me of Perd Happily from Parks and Rec. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Have you heard with Perd. <laughs> we are now on a podcast, which is a thing where we talk to each other and record it.
1: <laughs>
3: um okay, well I'm going to give two last uh that ain't right notes for cuz I'm now I'm just looking at my 23 notes. Uh taking the pastor's eyeballs. That was
8: yeah. That was a thing. That's where I thought you were going to go, Meredith, when you said the pastor. I thought it the was. Pastor, go. Yeah.
7: Well, oh. yeah. It was like the pastor umbrella. You know, it was everything, including the never ending scene of eyeball uh, removal. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: Don't yeah. you love this? Is what was fascinating to me watching this movie. Cause every now and then with movies of a certain budget, you can just kind of see the scenes, right? You can mm-hmm. just like, hmm, okay, something happened here. Uh, one, we i keep at least harping on the scripting it's even aside from um unnaturally placed alliteration um there were moments where people would be like the friggin this or <laughs> i'm not gonna stand for this crap and literally a next moment would be like well shit you know it's like um what are we-, we are all very confused people in this movie like
8: until they are murdered, there are children present and they have to watch their language. <laughs> sure.
3: But but I love, oh, that was it, hero kid, when he comes out to discovers um uh grandma's leaking tank.
6: Um <laughs> <laughs> that ain't right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> when he comes out and finds them, literally, he's like uh, I think he says friggin', and then he says this effing thing y'all are doing, but doesn't say the word. And I was like, really?
8: says effing? Yeah. Yes.
3: Like what? That any world where I want to give credit, I think very, as you just who said, or just one of you it was like, well, there are adults present and the kids. They don't want to talk nasty in front of the kids. Like kids in front of kids, they are not mm-hmm. gonna yeah. say effing and friggin'. Mm-hmm. You know, which is why he got a baseball bat to the back and then the face. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I did want to kind of clap for the movie of that scene, not because I'd wanted that guy out, but I did not see that coming.
6: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that was a surprise. I thought he was going to be in there for a while.
3: Nope. <laughs> um, let's see. The dad's yeah. death, death by hanging by horse.
6: Oh, that's yeah. pretty inventive. That was, that was rough. Oh, yeah. Very cowboy. Um, and the reporter, the reporter, <laughs> that was rough too. Like when,
8: when Groot she can't-
6: just turn around yeah. to see what's coming after her i was like yeah that's when i that's unfortunate i mean it would have been better for us if we would have never seen what was coming sure. for either but as when you I could see her trying her, it to was look like
8: i literally in my head popped i was like bone tomahawk did it better yes
3: <laughs> yes yeah uh jess you'll go watch bone tomahawk jess you'll love it
7: uh,
1: especially
3: now, thematically, you will love it. There is a particular scene in it that you might lose your lunch on, though. <laughs> um, yeah.
8: Lunch. What is it? Bone, Bone Tomahawk. Tomahawk. Okay, I'm writing it down. It's like in my top 10 favorite movies. I love it. Oh, it's World so Tomahawk. good.
3: It's so good. I think I listen ten. to our Let's conversation. Um, yes. Now, again, productions and how Nathan watches sometimes and you can see the seams. like that poor reporter, that actor, they're like, hey, listen, you're going to be in the new Children of the Corn. Okay, don't sh- 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 can't tell anybody. <laughs> like okay great you know oh there wasn't a reporter in the original one i know it's different it's different it's a new changing it up it's more in the spirit of the text it's like, ooh. and what are her scenes yeah a facetime
4: yeah
3: and then getting rent into
6: <laughs> <laughs> nothing else
8: Nope. <laughs> drug into the cornfield. Yeah. That's Anything when you just get say, the um, so you can get in the Academy, I guess. <laughs>
3: right. I need my SAG card. I need yeah. my points for SAG. Um, <clears throat> now, see, now I just want to riff on 84. You know, we're just having too much fun. Uh, I was not prepared for little Yzma. That's what I'm calling Isaac. In,
1: oh. in, uh, and <laughs> I mean, he
6: is, he is something else, which he comes back and like, <laughs> sure a 2001 which that's kind of crazy
3: well so Vera at first I had mini me but then I felt bad when I read about him and so I just changed it to Yzma which
8: is so much better
3: yes it is (laughs) well sure
8: yes
3: (laughs) neither are kind but one is at least mildly more kind than the other uh but yeah I was like Yzma and Scott Farkas up in here are the big bads you know (laughs) I was like give me a break these guys are not intimidating at all. This boy, Malachi,
8: but the nice is terrifying. So cute. Oh, Malachi! Yeah, Malachi is terrifying. Agreed. Terrifying. Come is on. Is that the redhead? Yeah. Yes. Scott Parker. Yeah. Okay. And I said that the, the, the nice kids were so cute, though they were. They, they were found the, the cutest kids. kids. Yeah. Who? The nice kids. Like oh, the you, kids. Mean, you
3: mean you mean character by by studio yeah exactly yeah
8: yeah, yeah. those aren't characters characters,
3: they are the america chavez of children of the corn like these aren't (laughs) these are ciphers these are empty husks of you know human bodies walking across the screen when that kid did the voiceover narration that was on my that ain't right list it's like this sucks
1: (laughs) (laughs) and this is how you know
3: they didn't want to commit to it because it yeah. doesn't. They, he doesn't resolve it. Like no, at about the midway point, or maybe two thirds, you never hear him again. Like okay, this is clearly they they filmed what they filmed, they edited what they had, they went <laughs> yeah. to the studio and they said, "Can you like? It's just too. It's too much. You know the meat slicer." And they're like, well, what <laughs> if we throw the little sweet kid voiceover narration over it? Like okay. <laughs> We'll and we talked
8: it. about the blue man i'm just like oh i'll take you home yeah of course they want to adopt these kids God. <laughs> God.
3: actually what i have written down is is this a, of 84 is this a good bad movie or a bad bad movie i really don't know um but <laughs> i was blown away when that corn cross just popped i was
1: oh. Crazy his
6: graphics are amazing. I mean, it just I want to go back to the 80s, like, I could deal with just that sure. level of animation and special effects all the time. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. That like, but I can rewatch this, yeah. I mean, you need to. That, mm-hmm. um, and when Isaac comes back, come on, and his voice, his exorcist yeah. voice, come <laughs> on,
3: he hit adolescence,
6: it yep. doesn't get scarier. <laughs>
3: well honestly that was the first real creative thing i was like wait a minute what let's follow that you know oh well
1: (laughs) it's over (laughs) (laughs) oh we for 2007
6: then he's back
3: (laughs) um 2007
6: i don't even know whichever one he came back it was in the 2000s did you watch all of them i did not i read synopsis Cause uh, I was just curious, but I mean, so they, I mean, they released one like 93, 95, 96, 97. I was like, I did not realize they were this popular, but a lot of them were released directly to video. So I guess if you were in that children of the corn, they, they should have which, really leaned hey,
3: yeah. in. And at a certain point been like kids of the corn, <laughs> adolescents of the corn, <laughs> <laughs>
7: teenagers we know of the it corn there.
3: No, because <laughs> what are, happens is the children of the corn grow up into the adults of the corn, then some new children of the corn come in and just F them up.
1: <laughs>
3: and it just recycles, right?
8: <laughs> yeah. See? Back to the beginning.
3: Right. If you're going to yeah. do it, do it.
8: Is that, the, is that the moral of the story? Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes.
3: Wow. He who walks behind the rose has spoken. Um, any final thoughts popping in the Does brain? Does
8: anyone
6: for- know how Stephen King felt about that 84 movie?
3: He tends to love publicly just about everything except okay. for Kubrick's shining. Uh, okay. It's like the glaring exception to that.
4: Okay.
3: Um, <clears throat> so, I, But I don't know. Yeah, specifically. Right. Okay. Our editor in chief Reed will have to chime in in the editor's okay, notes sure. on this episode to speak to that. Any, any final corny thoughts? Nope. Well, <laughs> shucks, Je- Jess, Vera, <laughs> Meredith, <laughs> you know what they say when you're having fun. I can't tell you. Cause these night shifts is anything but fun. Okay. But thank you for your hard work this closing round. Don't forget to clock out. No overtime around here. And listeners, be sure to stick around for the next night shift. <laughs> <laughs>
8: <laughs> like Always with bated breath. <laughs> yes. Love it. Yes. Love that it. is
3: the fear of God. Always with bated breath. I wish we had corn. God, I wish I knew how to throw that. <laughs> Chris Rock picture oh. up in here. <laughs>
6: and now I'm like, Man, All right, you need team. to go get that freaky corn cob.
8: What in
1: wow. the world?
6: Yeah,
7: just, <laughs> that that is the, the weirdest thing. In a
8: picture and we can like Photoshop the corn in. And,
7: and you know, like, know what? what? <laughs> I sat in my car after, you know, I saw it st- sitting there and I kicked it away. I sat in my car and thought, I'm going to look at my ring doorbell. We're going to see how it got there. And I was skimming coming! Not there, there. What? Like, what? Here? what? Wait, what? Yeah, there was <laughs> a, one second it was there Corn by her front door. Yeah, did you did you see the text? Yes. Okay.
3: I just so, mean like you're saying it just wasn't there, and then it was.
7: Oh yeah, yeah. It just magically appeared. I was like, okay. This
3: he who this walks behind the rose works for DoorDash these days.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
6: <laughs> like how crazy is this? <laughs> That is so awful. <laughs> so bad.
3: Man, that was that was popping. Uh, <laughs> come on, poppin'. We're we're gonna clock out over here. Reed, <laughs> hey man, hey, hey good hey. to see you. Shift is Thanks. over. It's, it's over we we're, we're we're did done done it now
2: we're done the corporate we're done. offices for this yeah. year are clean brother they are done because we went
1: all night long all night all night long
2: I, you just that like, was, keep you sound, keep reaching sounded, you are like sounded, that sounded terrible let's not been up all night okay it's been a long, long night yeah. it's been a long but it was night. a fun night it was a it was fun a night. night. It
3: was a fun I night. I really so, enjoy. I really enjoy read that as part of Night Shift. You know, we've been trying to get these n- these rookies up to speed and how you oh, and I yes, just indeed. kind of like we were doing some sort of broadcast aspect, but that'd be weird. But I like how we just mm, talk no. when they're standing right there next yeah, to me. You they know, don't it's say, like, they don't
2: say a word, and they no. better
3: not. No. They better well, okay, okay, not okay, Lackey. <laughs>
2: Little just saying.
3: Little heavy. I know it's been a long night. It's been <laughs> quite the night shift over a the course of weeks. Punchy. Sure, yeah. yeah. But uh so so for mm. the newbie, are we going yeah. to like is that I it? Don't. I know historically oh, we've no, no, the no, night no, no, shift no. cleaning of the offices. There's some there's mm-hmm. a finale.
2: There's a finale. In fact, you know what we're gonna have? Huh. We're gonna have our very own waffle party. Yeah! <laughs> waffle party, waffle party. Y'all ready waffles for waffles? It's gonna be a party, and it's gonna be a waffle party, cause that's what we gonna do.
3: <laughs> this is what happens when you're up all night on the night shift. You get a little, mm-hmm. punchy. <laughs> so, a little punchy. So, yeah. So you, I clocked waffles. out. I think you've clocked out, and uh, we'll,
2: we're about yeah. to head home. But like, what is? Oh, what so is na- okay. Yeah. No. So, so, sincerely, like next week, we're gonna invite all the quarterly kings over and we're gonna talk oh. about all of this stuff. See we've you know we've we've been through the you know the cleanup we've been having these different segments doing, no. you know, different sections of the different things and then right. you know, like then we're gonna do uh then we're just gonna have a big party and we're gonna mess it all up again. So uh we're just yeah. gonna talk about everything. We're just going to talk, I, it's, that's it's kind of, gonna talk it's all that's kind of just like running a household. You know, you just clean it up, Ooh, it's all messed yeah. up again but you had fun doing it, yeah. you know. That's so. <laughs> that's true. I never have fun cleaning. But you know, this has been fun. This, sure, this, the mess-up part, uh, I guess. Every, Yes. Every, oh, mess, messing up is fun. Yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. Oh, I want to make a so, lawnmower so, man joke, but I'm not going to. So, oh, so mm, mm, tie it all off, Reed. Send us a own, little clogged up Send there. us on our way. Okay. Away. okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little mulchy. It's too grass-fed. Yeah. yeah. Grass-fed. <laughs> grass-fed. That was a good one. I enjoyed that one. All right. Mm-hmm. So, listen. Let's, let's clock out. Okay, so, Newbie, what you do is you go over here, and you pull this up, and then you say... The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not mm-hmm. the end of the conversation. And in mm-hmm. that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be mm-hmm. on your way rejoicing. And then you're clocked yeah, out. That's easy. You're clocked out. Yeah, it's good. So we'll, we'll we'll see you all for the party next. Newbie, Read? <laughs> yeah, let's party. Is this Bob Newbie? We got Bob Newbie. Man, up in here.
3: we were doing so good, <laughs> and you just did that. I don't know if I'm going to come to waffle party now. <laughs> but uh, I can't resist waffles so and hanging out mm-hmm. with my buddies so I guess I'll gonna I'll overcome uh this going to be fun just that you just drove us right off the cliff but um we'll see you next week everybody with <laughs> waffles and uh, and some dancing
2: mm-hmm. on the night shift yep, yep. bye everybody
3: The Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation, and you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media and episode archive, essays, merchandise, and more. If you love what we do, consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast, where you will unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online events, and so much more. Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of tracermatula.com for our artwork. Our assortment of talented musicians, Andrew Nelson, the Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes. And to Lee Wright and Reed Lackey for our theme music. Special thank you also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review.